That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch and shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz fall tonight 124-107 to in Portland to the Blazers. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. And Coach, let's go over tonight's sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Uh, tonight the Jazz shot 42.6% from the field and they were actually lucky to get there. Uh, 43.9% from three. They were actually perfect from the line. A perfect nine of nine Led by Donovan Mitchell at 25 points on 11 of 21 shooting. Mike Conley with 22 points. However, uh, only three of those coming in the second half. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich with 22 points. Uh, Jordan Clarkson with 12 coming in off the bench. Not enough to take over the Blazers. Damian Lillard with 15 points. But the Blazers shot 51% from from the field tonight, Tim, and 51%, almost 52% from three. Yeah, this <laughs> there's no other way to say it. They, there are just massive concerns, and it really goes back to the game against the Rockets where the Rockets just basically scrapped everything, spaced the floor, and I was just shocked at the number of times the guys, the ball handler got, you know, originally right to the rim. And so obviously the guys have taken that film seen the weaknesses of the perimeter and now it's up to the Jazz to have some kind of counter because it seems to be open season in terms of penetration against these guards. Uh, just seeing this online, here's a quote from uh, Terry Stotts coming out here, who says, uh, quote, don't ask me about Dame. I've run out of superlatives. Write whatever you want. I mean, he's just amazing, and the streak he's on right now is just incredible. But uh, to your point, the the Jazz did not make it very difficult on him. No, they, they – you know, you, you want to try, to, and we talked about it in the pregame, you want to try to make him play in a crowd. And all night long, he, he was, like you said, and I think it's the absolute truth, he just got wherever he wanted to go on the floor. And with a guy like him, you know, the, the difficulty is you have to be on the minute he crosses half court. Right. Because he can, he'll pull it right there. Uh, he's just on a on a crazy, crazy confident streak right now. And as a guy that just, uh, you know, he he believes and he but he he has the work ethic to back up that belief. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he certainly does, and the Jazz are just not playing with that belief right now on their side of things. They're not playing with that confidence that we saw uh, during that run where they uh, won 18 out of 20. And you know, offensively, they were okay tonight. I mean, they weren't bad necessarily. That's not what lost them the game. But defensively, they just don't have that edge, that bite. Uh, you know, we we joked about playing on a string. How Rick Majerus literally brought string to practice. I mean that maybe what Quinn Snyder wants to do because that's just not what's happening. Yeah, and it's it's difficult because, um, you know, this type of, um, you know, night, night in and night out result has got to be so discouraging for the coaching staff who, again, 
hangs their hat on the fact that they're they're going to guard first. And I, I do think there's probably something in terms of complacency that's come from how easy maybe it's been on the offensive end for this team and the fact that they can just score with them. Tonight was interesting, though. There were three separate mini runs, you know, that I guess in comparison to 27-1 run. They'd be the other mini. night, yeah. I mean, one of them was 15-0, so that's a big one. But At the end of the half, too. At the end of the half, yeah. right. And the Jazz missed shots, but the, the difficulty is then the, the Blazers came down and just one pass, one drive, whatever, got whatever they wanted. And it's just this, is, this team is not built to have to outscore teams on, you know, every night yep. in the 120s. All right. Well, nobody is. I mean, you right, know, what, right, right. what team That's is? That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's just brutal. You got to stop somebody. All right. Let's uh, check out your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call one eight hundred go Serta. Visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do live tonight. Uh, points in the paint. The Jazz outscored by the Blazers, forty eight to forty, and uh, that gets back to you know their guards penetrated. Got a lot of layups tonight as far as Portland goes. And uh, you mentioned this with Locke. Hassan Whiteside was great tonight. I mean, not only did he have a good game, he had a great game. 17 points on 7 of 10 shooting, but he had 21 rebounds and three block shots. I mean, he was terrific. Well, and it's it's almost like in reverse what we watched the last game because the last game you would say that Rudy was shot out of a cannon, right, and he was all motivated to play against Whiteside. I think that tonight, you know, Whiteside's motivated to play against the all-star Gobert and really did. He he not only you know scored the ball, but his energy I thought was a difference maker for the Blazers. He was all over the place. Let's go down to the podium. Coach Quinn Snyder addressing the media. What were some of the challenges you guys faced with that tonight? Well, he, he's the player, particularly that's playing at a level um, where you, you you have to react to him and what he's doing, and um, we just didn't execute the things that. We were we were wanting to do, and um, there were times in the game when we did, um, you know, and they still may score at some point, um, but our execution defensively um, has to be better. It has been, I think it will be, um, but that level of focus when you're doing something that's, um, you know, less comfortable or less habitual, and um, when you play a player like that. Um, you know, you have to bring your level up to that. And if he if he scores, he scores. Um, but tonight, he scored and he had assists. Um, he was able to do what he wanted. And um, you know, I, I believe we're better. Um, and we've got to demonstrate it. And whether we've got to work on things, there's always things you can work on. Um, but right now, you know, you feel that. I think our team feels that. And we'll respond. How often have you seen a guy going like Lillard is right? Um, he, he, it's a unique. You know, I'm sure there's not very often. You know, I'm sure you could point back to things. Obviously, tonight. Um, you know, resonates because it just it just happened um, to us, and um, you know, so you have to try you know, to do something to slow him down. And, and right now, his ability to attack is is better than and tonight. It was it was us. That, you know, our ability to execute against him. You're not going to guard him with one guy. You mentioned that. The effort level on defense is not where it has been. To what do you? I don't. I don't know that it's effort as much as it is execution, and um, it requires more mental effort to execute. Um, you know, particularly when you're doing something that's that's not. Um, 
know, that, you, that it's not habitual, that you haven't done as frequently. Um, but, I, you know, I think the key right now, when you play a player like that, those are the situations that are going to present themselves. You know, you play against a great player who it can come, you know, it can come as an adjustment, you know, in a, on a hot night. Um, when, it, when someone's doing something, then all of a sudden you have to you adjust. And I think to, to do those things, um, you know, you'd like to think if you worked on it, you know, you'd be better at it. But oftentimes, you know, that opportunity doesn't present itself. And then it requires guys to be more connected and more committed and, and more urgent. And, you know, that's the stuff that you need to kind of link you together in order to defend a guy like that. They had a... 12-0 run in the first quarter, 15-0 in the second, 13 in the in the yeah. third. Does that does stopping those earlier fall under the umbrella of that, or, or is um, there, the, the, you know a couple? You know when you when there are runs like that, um, you know there's usually some common threads, and then you know there's usually some things that in, in each case. But I mean they scored. I don't know, it was 30, 30 every quarter. So there wasn't, you know, there's been times when, you know, we've improved as the game goes on. Um, but, you know, with a couple stretches, we, we came out playing very well offensively. Um, you know, we had a, a stretch where we had some open looks. We, I, I don't know what we, I think we were 7 of 21, you know, in the paint at the rim. Um, so that doesn't, that doesn't make it easier. Um, you know, because you, now you put even more pressure on your defense. But, you know, you're not always going to miss shots, and, you know, at least at certain ports in the game. And that's when your defense has to be even more sound so that you don't get those types of runs. Mike scores 19 in the first half. Mm -hmm. uh, slows down a bit after halftime. But what did you yeah. see out of him tonight? Well, I think you saw Mike Conley. And uh, he's been a, that's who he is, you know. And um, he's worked hard to get healthy. And, you know, there's still some things from him from a minute standpoint that are being worked through because you, you want him to continue to, to be healthy. And But you saw a guy that you know, sometimes when you go through a lot, you get to a point and, you, you know, you just say, heck with it, I'm just going to play. And, you know, I thought even early in the game, you know, they were trying to post him up and he battled. And you know, that's who he is. I think also who he is is a guy that's not thinking about himself right now. He's thinking about the other guys in the locker room and what we can do to be better. All right, that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. We'll talk about what he had to say coming up right around the corner of the Jazz fall tonight, 124 to 107 to the Portland Trailblazers. I want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz fall tonight to the Blazers, 124-107. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe will get you more sound from the locker room. But a uh, quick reaction on what you heard uh, Quinn Snyder had to say, Tim, specifically about the defense. You can tell he's frustrated as well. Yeah, he seems frustrated, and then he's also, you know, he's it's coach speak right now because – there really is no I mean you can't stand there and, and say hey we've got it figured out we got an answer because I think it's pretty evident that right now they don't and um, the the problem is that this type of thing runs through the league like a, a like the flu 
you know, and everybody's seeing what's going on, and they've seen it now multiple times. Um, and things were rolling along pretty good in terms yeah. of def- defensively, but right now with the way teams are kind of neutralizing Rudy by spacing five out, and then the penetration's just been really difficult to uh, to corral. Let's check out your assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you tonight. Uh, the Jazz had 19 assists on 40 made field goals. They were led by Joe Ingles, who had five. Mike Conley had four. Donovan Mitchell also uh, had four. But... I, I don't know. You know, we we talk some nights, Tim, about how the ball is not popping and how maybe assists are an issue. That was not really the night tonight. In fact, you know, outside of that stretch in the second quarter where they couldn't stop the run from Portland, offense was not really the issue. It was the other side of the ball entirely. Yeah, it's uh, and it has kind of been that, right? It's um, it's been the inability to consistently get stops, and even in the, you know, even though they did a better job against the Nuggets, it was that one period in time where they couldn't score and then they could not get a stop and so um, it is I guess condition critical right now in terms of coming up with um, a a couple of guys that are just absolutely 100% committed to guarding I think that's what you've got to start kind of looking at and uh, like you said they tried everybody tonight and there just wasn't an answer to what Damian was doing. And, and to his credit, it's pretty special what he's doing right now. But because it's happened now multiple times, you know, that's the, there's certainly some some things that aren't clicking defensively for the for the Jazz. Let's go back to Portland. Mike Conley is speaking with the media. The breakdowns tonight occurring? Um, you know, really just communicating, you know, the pick and roll. When I mean, you get a guy like Dame who's on the kind of run he's having – um, you need to be loud. We need to be, you know, assertive and just, you know, precise on our on our execution defensively. And we just didn't do that uh, consistently enough tonight. Um, let him get going, and it's tough to, you know, it's tough to beat a team. When you got a guy, guy playing like that. Yeah. How do you feel about where you guys are at right now, and it, kind of the opportunity to take the challenge? You've been in this position before, and to regroup. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, there's no, there's no panic. You know, there's, there's, a, there's definitely a sense of urgency for us to get better, and uh, <clears throat> we understand that. Uh, you know, we're at the point of the season where, you know, you got a few weeks before All Star break, and, and it's the time to, to ramp up. You know, you want to try to go into All Star break playing, playing really well. Um, so, you know, we get a couple of days of practice uh, coming up, and you know, just learn from the night, learn from the film. Um, but you know, just just continue to communicate, continue to try to get better. Quinn was saying that Mike Conley is Mike. Conley tonight that first half for you was great how did you feel about that I know it's hard to look at the positive but that is a positive from today um, well I'm happy to be back you know just just out there you know playing my role um, I feel like you know, I'm, I'm in a good place and I've been in a good place for a while now just just waiting for the opportunity again so um, I just feel like it's going to get better I think the chemistry will get better with our team and um, and the more the more we just play together, the more we just get good time to, to, to practice and um, you know try to get these wins. All right, there was Mike Conley, who was very, very good in the first half. Uh, Tim, not so much in the second, where he just disappeared a little bit. He only had three second-half points, uh, those coming in the fourth quarter. He had 22 total points, 9 of 20 shooting. He also added four rebounds and four assists. But uh, much like everybody else who matched up against Damian Lillard, uh, he had trouble staying in front of him. 
Yeah, it's it's nice on one hand to see Mike, uh, you know, have a good night and and score, uh, you know, and, and contribute that way. I think the the issue right now, and it's interesting the way the Jazz started tonight. Conley started on Ariza, and they just they were going to give up uh, those mid post, uh, you know, uh, the the post ups, and they were going to switch out of it. But it says a lot that you know, with McCollum out there and Lillard. Um, that they chose to guard uh, Lillard with with Joe and put Conley on Reza. So that that right there says I don't know that, that's difficult, right? That your one of your guards isn't going to guard one of their two guards. That's that's tough. And they did. They tried to go wherever Mike was. They tried to kind of follow and they posted Ariza a bunch, especially in the first half. On the offensive side of the ball, though, it did feel like Mike was playing freer in the first half. It felt like his game was a little bit more natural than it has been. Yeah, and I think he came out. He hit his first couple shots. He made a floater. You know, so much of, of his game is just being able to see a result right now. For him to be able to do that was great. I still believe that for this particular jazz team from an offensive standpoint that he had 20 shots tonight and i think it's i I just believe that's a little too many especially when you look down and see that joe got two you know i think that's one thing during this run joe hasn't broken double figures in these four games um and i think him being involved in, and running things kind of getting a little bit more out of Joe, maybe he gets more out of him on the defensive end. I don't know, but just things I'm throwing out there trying to, as a, you know, trying to find an answer. Well, we talked about it in the pregame. I mean, when Royce O'Neal doesn't touch the ball a lot on offense, so if you pull him out of the uh, offensive, or excuse me, the starting lineup, and put in Mike Conley, somebody that does have the ball in his hands, even, even though it's not as much as he had in his hands in Memphis, I mean, that's still his game. You know, you wonder how that's going to affect somebody like Joe Ingles, who was kind of the playmaker there in that starting lineup at a lot of times without Mike Conley. That's, they're going to have to work that out. You think, I mean, what do you, what's your thought? You think 20 shots is too many for Yes, I, I do. I, yeah. and, I just don't think that that's, I mean, again, he did, he, he took good shots, right? But I'm just saying, man, I don't know. It just seems to me uh, that, yeah, you're always battling something. And again, offense wasn't the problem tonight, but I'm just trying to think. But, but two shots for Joe Ingles, and, and they're not necessarily directly correlated as much as we're kind of trying to make them because Joe passed up shots that he had that he should have That's taken. That's true. You're right. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not entirely one thing or another, and Joe needs to be more aggressive. But, you know, Joe's game this year has been weird. And, and a lot of people said, well, bringing him, you know, putting him in the starting lineup and you fixed Joe. Because he wasn't right at the beginning of the year, but he's not right now, and he's still in the starting lineup. So he's no less important to this team with Mike Conley in the lineup. They have to figure out how to both play well at the same time, regardless of of who's starting, coming off the bench, or whatever. Right, and and the bigger issue, Jake, is that you know we're talking about offensive things again, for the most part. But this this team is in desperate need of perimeter guys who a because it is a want-to thing Damn. that want to guard and then be execute and actually do it. And honestly, it's, it's, it's really ner- you know, it's nerve-wracking right now as you watch this because this league is full of ones, twos, and threes that on a nightly, you know, if you, if you give them the kind of looks we've been given, they're going to get 50. 
you know, that's, there's guys all over the league. So this is, uh, this is something that needs to be figured out pretty quickly. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz followed the Blazers, 124-107. to 107. We'll have more breakdown sound from the locker room as well coming up straight ahead here on the Jazz. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. 124-107 to 107 is your final. The Jazz fall tonight to the Portland Trailblazers. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Let's take a look at your Master of the Glass tonight brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Rudy Gobert is your master of the glass tonight with 11 rebounds, four of which coming on the offensive glass, Tim. But really, if we want to talk about the master of the glass tonight, it was certainly Hassan Whiteside. 21 rebounds for Whiteside. He had six offensive boards to go along with his 17 points and three blocks. And you know what? I think you're right. I mean, Rudy played so well against Hassan back in December, and uh, this, this might have been kind of a motivation thing uh, with him. Also, you know, Rudy Gobert was helping a lot. He was helping a lot, and Whiteside was getting easy buckets because, you know, frankly, Damian Lillard, it's a great passer, too. Yeah, that and he, you know, every single time Rudy has to step over, the Whiteside's got a free run at the glass, yep. you know, so it's, you're right, that's a, that's a big piece of that. Well, and Rudy's become so good at seemingly guarding everybody on the floor. I, this is a, a take kind of I had the other night, but I it probably creates some bad habits in the perimeter defense because no you make question. a mistake and you get beat and Rudy's so good and so good at recovery. He just, he, he erases that stuff and you kind of forget about it. And then now the, these teams are, are game planning. You, you know, we talked about the five out, but you, you look tonight where Lillard gets into the paint or even McCollum for that reason or for that matter. And Whiteside knows exactly where to go, get in that dunk spot or, or get on the offensive glass while you're talking about. It, and he's really, really good at that. Yeah. The, the big guys really um, in a lot of ways are only as good as their guards, you know, being able to get them the ball. And being able to play off those two guys uh, as a big guy is a real luxury. Be nice. He's kind of starting to figure it yeah. out too. I think he, he, you know, early on he wasn't playing, but he's he's kind of stringing some good games together. You know what? When Nurkic comes back, and you could actually have the luxury of maybe even bringing Whiteside off the bench, or or it depends on what Nurkic comes back. To be honest, because that injury was so severe, and he's going to be out for a while, and conditioning, and all those sorts of things. But then you have flexibility with Zach Collins, where you could play him in big lineups at the four. You can play him at the five. All of a sudden, you go from a team that is just a dearth of big men to kind of a a nice little rotation, depending on who, what opponent you have, and what matchup you have. That that'll be a nice luxury for Denver when everybody gets healthy. Yeah, no doubt. It's a uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that that plays out, but I'm with you. I think they're they are a playoff team. I just can't you can't go against Damian right now and what he's doing. 
No, they're a playoff team. I, I, I think that, and that's not just talking about because the Jazz lost to them tonight. Certainly, we we talked about it in the pregame, um, and and I'll check what it is now. But they were only two games out of the eight spot, and really coming into playing some nice basketball. I, I think Portland will be there when the dust settles. Certainly, Portland or San Antonio. I, I mean, I know everybody loves John Moran. He's terrific, but I don't see Memphis holding that spot. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't see. I don't see New Orleans. You know, climbing in there either. I think it's it's either going to be Portland or San Antonio, and I think Portland's the better team. Yeah, I think Portland's the better team. I think they're they're better constructed. I agree with you. You know, John ja Morant's you know obviously having an awesome year, but there are too many young guys on that Memphis team that they're counting on to be good every single night. And I just believe Lillard; these guys have been there and done that. You know, as they add guys to their, they'll be in there. They will be. And they're playing better now. You're, see, you're seeing them uh, play better now. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10, and they've won four in a row. I mean, and, and Damian Lillard is on a different level right now the way that he's playing. And obviously that can't, is not necessarily sustainable throughout the remainder of the year. But Portland's just going to get more healthy as time goes on. And, and they've got great players. And Damian Lillard's going to be an, an, an MVP-level level, uh, player for the next several years. He has been for the past couple. So uh, I'm with you. I, I think Portland... Portland's going to be a playoff team uh, by the time this thing is all said and done. And Terry Stotts is a really good coach. They made some questionable offseason moves, and now they're kind of figuring it out. I think Trevor Ariza, and statistically, he wasn't necessarily terrific tonight. He had six points and seven boards, but I think he's pretty much what the doctor ordered for them. He's really, really good. And talk about somebody that you can uh, – uh, what the Jazz are lacking right now, somebody you can send out there to guard the other team's best player and not worry about it. I mean, that's what Trevor Ariza brings for you. So, sneak Sneaky good addition for the Blazers. Yeah, I, I actually really like uh, Simmons and uh, or Simons and Trent. I think they're they're good young guys that um, kind of bring different things too. So yeah, they're 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 built pretty well. Uh, no doubt about it. Let's uh, take a look at your three-point takeover, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, the Jazz from three were 18 of 41, 43.9%. Certainly, the three ball wasn't the problem tonight. Uh, Bogdanovich was five of nine, Conley four of six, Ingles one of two, Donovan Mitchell three of six, uh, Jordan Clarkson was four of eight. The one who struggled from three tonight was George Niang, who not only missed uh, the five threes that he took, but he missed them. Badly, George was three of ten tonight. He had six points, but uh, not his normal self, or certainly not what we've come accustomed to uh, expecting from George Niang, because he was not shooting the ball well tonight. And the looks were great; like it was the extra pass, it was the kickouts, the the shots he normally makes, and right. they weren't close. <laughs> they, <laughs> well, the other one who was really bad was Royce O'Neal. Was really bad tonight. I mean, he had two air balls. He was one of four from three, one of six total. He had three points. He did have six boards and an assist and two steals, but you know, minus twenty seven from a plus minus. I, I don't know if it's going to take some adjustment for Royce coming off the bench. You wouldn't think it would be that dramatic for a guy with his skill set, but he was dreadful tonight. Yeah, and that's where, you know, this bench has got to kind of the guys got to figure out uh, what their roles are, what they what they need to do. Uh, right now, more than anything, what these guys need to come in thinking is I, I got to be somebody can really guard. I mean, that's that's what the Jazz really are desperately searching for. They seem to have lost their edge when it comes to that. Yep. And, and part of it again, complacency because how easy it's been for them to score. Well, they they last year they were a big team and they've gone from a big team to a small team and didn't really get more athletic. Right. 
So they they're going to have to figure out how to deal with that challenge because and I've talked about this before too. But the 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 big difference with with Mike Conley um, as as opposed to um, oh why am I go uh, Ricky Rubio is four inches. I mean Ricky Rubio can switch onto a bunch of guys and and can is longer and can play you know stay in front of guys like Damian Lillard. Not that anybody can really, but better than Mike Conley because Mike. He's not big. He's not. I stood next to him the other day. I mean, I was looking in my eye. He is not. He is not a big guy, and that can sometimes be difficult on defense because where do you hide him? Exactly. And tonight they tried a, a number of different places. And, and the visual I have from the start of the game is how little he looks <laughs> trying to guard Ariza in the post. Oh, Ariza looked like Shaq. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, it he wasn't did look fair. Little and. And the issue right now is if you're trying to put him there as opposed to on one of those other guys, I think you're saying, you know, the defense is a little bit of an issue right now for Mike. Yeah. And maybe it's somewhat unique because not every team in the league has CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, maybe you can find a little bit kinder matchup and this wasn't, you know, a good example of what we're talking about. But, you know, with Royce in the starting lineup, you don't really have to hide anybody. Not yeah. that they're – not that they're significantly more athletic necessarily with Royce O'Neal, but yeah, they're but bigger. It just, yeah, it, you, yeah, you're able to better matchups across yeah, the board. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, your final tonight: the Jazz lose to the Blazers, one twenty-four to one hundred seven. Coming up right around the corner, we'll uh, tie a bow around this one. Get this one in the rearview mirror quickly, and look ahead to uh, Denver coming up on Wednesday night. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More straight ahead. Jazz game night, post-game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. The Blazers beat the Jazz tonight, one twenty four to one oh seven. Post game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. If you're just getting off work or jumping into your car, Damian Lillard was absolutely phenomenal tonight. Fifty one points on seventeen of twenty nine shooting. It was nine of fifteen from three. He had twelve assists to go along with it and was absolutely phenomenal. C.J. McCollum had 14 points. Hassan Whiteside with 17. Carmelo Anthony had uh, 15 points for these Blazers. The Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell's 25 points. Bogdanovich and Conley both added 22 apiece. Jordan Clarkson had 12 uh, coming in off the bench. And uh, the starting unit, uh, I saw Andy Larson tweet out about this. The starting unit in 12 minutes together actually had a plus, uh, plus number. I think it was plus 12. And uh, I'll I'll go double check, but I do know the minus number when the whole starting unit wasn't together tonight was minus twenty five. Wow! So it's I tonight was about defense. I don't know if even tonight was the night that you can really look at at lineups and and get all that nitpicky just because it didn't seem like anybody starters bench or whatever was doing anything to keep anybody in front of them. Yeah, and that's that's just the uh, that's just the truth. I think that you can. You could try to cut it all sorts of different ways, but I think that is the theme and the glaring piece from tonight, from uh, particularly, definitely Houston. Uh, these guys have just, and San Antonio, they just have, they're right now they're in a difficult 
uh, way on the defensive end. Yeah, they certainly are. I mean, you look at the Blazers' numbers. We talked about the 51 from Lillard, but as a team, they shot 51.1% from the field from three, 51.7%. They made 15 threes tonight, 15 of 29. And so we're we're getting to their spots, which has become a recurring theme, specifically Damian Lillard. But, I mean, everybody not named Carmelo Anthony pretty much shot well for the Portland Trailblazers tonight. Melo was 5 of 15. But, I mean, even look at their bench. Uh, let's see here. Little coming off the bench was three of three. Gary Trent was three of nine. Simons was three of six. I mean, Portland just, I mean, they did whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, and that's the that's the overriding theme. It's interesting because, you know, Quinn, you know, addressed it. He talked about mental focus. He talked about, but but really it is this, this at this point, it's just a desire. And you got to be able to find a couple of those guys that really want to get in and, and do that. Uh, you know, guard, take the number one matchup and try to take them out. You know, that's got to get back to kind of one of the big goals. I think you've made a good point uh, during the post game. Is is they're getting beat by the number one guy on the scouting report? I mean, you should be able to to, to scout a way to limit maybe not Damian Lillard, but certainly Eric Gordon, or or find a way to get Demar Derozan uh, slowed down, especially on a night where they don't. Uh, you know, they're missing key guys due to injury. I mean, it's just. It's not good. They're going to have to. And Quinn Snyder said in his post game, Tim, he said, you know, we can work on this stuff all we want, but a lot of it's going to come down to to try and effort and edge and all those cliches that we want to throw out that they're missing right now. Yeah, it's um, it's just the difference maybe in in honestly one more lateral lunge, you know, to get in front of somebody. Some of it comes down to, you know, what what's your heart willing to do? Is everybody willing to buy in and be connected? Um, and then can we hold each other accountable on that end? And that's that's how you kind of put together together a defensive culture. All right, before we get final thoughts on this one, let's uh, look forward to a rematch with the Denver Nuggets coming up Wednesday in this building here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Of course, we just saw the Nuggets the other night, Tim, and of course you were doing pre-half and post with me. What are they going to have to figure out before they run up against Nikola Jokic again? Well, he had he had a great night, and um, you know they were able to really kind of move Rudy away from the basket, and that's kind of been the theme. Um, and you know, Rudy, there were times where he made Rudy look human. Uh, you know, he made some really tough plays, but you know, his uh, he's a challenge, and you've got to really kind of make him the focus. Um, I think the Jazz. I don't know that you even worry about necessarily game plan. Or I mean, I'm sorry. You know tendencies now. It's the game plan is to go play hard and figure out a way to to guard. And you know because the the scheming is all right now. It's just being you know a matter of of being committed to doing it. So as a coach, as we kind of get your final thoughts on this one, Tim. But you know when you have a loss like this, where your defense is just a, a Swiss cheese, and you didn't do a whole lot of things right on that side, how does how does a coach approach it? Are you watching them, making them watch film over and over again? Are you going into a hard practice? How do you how do you kind of deal with the aftermath of this when you do have to move on and play a great Nuggets team coming up on Wednesday night? Yeah, I think with with a little bit of a break, I would. I don't know, you know, if you don't do like a hard practice to, you know, I wouldn't run their guts out. But what I try to do is do some drills where there was really some competitive situations where they had to get stops, you know. And, you know, it was kind of up to them. If they could get stops, we're going to get through this. If we're struggling to get stops, which this team's doing right now, and I'm sure even in a practice setting right now they'd have a difficult time. 
Um, if you can't get those stops, we're going to stay here till we do. And you, you do it and you do it and you do it and you, you work on culture and buy-in. And so that's, you know, it's easier said than done, I'll promise you that. Um, it's the coaches right now, their heads are swimming. And, and if you're in this game very long, you go through something like this. And maybe on the bright side, Donovan Mitchell, 11 for 21 tonight, a lot better than one for 12. So Donovan played a lot better tonight than he did against Denver. In fact, if you kind of combine his game tonight with the rest of the team's game against Denver, they'd probably beat both teams. Yep, they would. Um, and, and yeah, Donovan's thing the other night really, as we talked about, was more about him just missing shots. Um, having eight assists, you're engaged in a game, you're doing good things, um, but his shots just didn't fall. So it was nice to see him get back on track tonight. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, uh, it is the uh, Jazz Game Night post-game show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. We want to say a big thanks uh, to David Locke and Ron Boone doing a terrific job calling the action as usual. We want to thank the broadcast assistants who helped on the broadcast tonight. Uh, we want to say a big thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. We want to say thanks to the title sponsor, of jazz post game that would of course be mark miller subaru want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 subaru outback available now mark miller subaru the official subaru partner of the utah jazz learn more at markmillersubaru.com thank you tim it's always fun three games in a row for you you feeling good i'm feeling great uh, other than the facts we lost all three yeah, um, you've been on a bad run so we'll get me out of here get somebody else in here right adrian Yep, it and looks we'll, like you're going to be buying that dinner you promised Jake and I. So. Yep. Well, you got. I know you're cheering. You, you're cheering no, against don't you me. Don't you dare! <laughs> you're cheering against me. I know. Never, never. But thanks, Never. guys. It's always fun being with you. It's fun hanging out with you too, Tim. We appreciate you. All right, your final once again tonight. The Jazz followed the Blazers, one twenty-four to one oh seven, and you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.